Good day, good folks. You are listening to Talk That Keeps You Woke. And with your awakening, we hope that you will take in the information and knowledge we provide. So make sure you like and subscribe while you hop on this ride as we inform, persuade, entertain, and engage in discussion. Welcome to Pot Liquor Podcast, which is knowledge to feed your soul. I make up one half of Pot Liquor. I go by Dr. A, the inquisitive one. A great debater, Mr. Slow Talker, a rhetorician, and an all-around nice guy, and a member of Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated. The other half of Potlicker is my homie, my dear friend for more than 30 years, Kim Parker Jackson Esquire, the legal one, Mrs. Creativity, never obnoxious, the gifted one, a terrific lady, and a member of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. what's going on how are you doing how are you doing and let's start off with how was your valentine good morning good afternoon and good evening everyone how are you i am fine how are you i'm good how was your valentine it was good it was good so my husband bought me a heart-shaped box of chocolate and that sounds very cliche but I must say it was delicious. I, I loved every piece. It was worth every calorie and the box was beautiful. How was yours? Is there any more chocolate left? That's the question. Zero. There's zero. There was like 28 pieces in the box. And did you share it I'll have to say, at least I didn't eat it all in one sitting. I ate it over the course of like about a week. I tried to eat. I tried to limit myself to two, three pieces a day. But so, I enjoyed every calorie. So nobody else ate any? My husband took a bite of one of <laughs> one, one piece, but I ate the rest. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I enjoyed it. I really, I really did. Uh my week was fine. Uh this week we this year we didn't do a big Valentine's Day. We were a little bit under the weather. Um we, I mean, we always exchange like cards um, with each other, and you know, some, you know, most of the times gifts. But this, this week was very busy. I was very busy, um, and we had came to agreement that we weren't going to do anything for Valentine's Day this year. Um, but it's love all year round for us. You know, I how hear that you. <laughs> so you got to pass this year. Yes. All right. As always, we start our show off with the wow for the week. And this one, we took a different turn this week. Uh, we went with an athlete this week. Uh, one of my favorites. Uh, probably my role model growing up because he's from Long Island, New York. is Julius, uh, Dr. J. Irving. Uh he said, I firmly believe that respect is a lot more important and a lot greater than popularity. I think today that he hits the hammer on the nail because I think a lot of my students, or a lot of kids with social media, they look to be validated through their views and their population. Um, I'm not saying they're not looking at to be respected but some of the things they do to gain the popularity might make them lose 
uh, some respect from others. And it's not fair to judge a book by the cover, but I do agree with Dr. J uh, with his statement. What say you? I agree as well. And the only thing that I would add is that um, I think doing what's right is what is what garners respect. And that's definitely more important than doing what you think people want you to do, which garners a lot of times popularity. And I don't think that's as important. I think the kids, some kids call it clout chasing when you try to, you know, do the popular thing that's going to get you popularity as opposed to just, just be true to yourself and do what's right. So yeah, I agree with that. Very wise words from Dr. J. And I dig the Afro too. Okay. Yeah, for those of our viewers up there, um, we got a picture of Julius, I, I think when he first was traded to the night to the 76ers, um, I believe that was around 77, 76, 77. He was like 26, uh, 27 years old. And now this is a new, well, last year's picture of him when he was 72. What was yeah. he mostly known for? Was it, did he have like one signature move that everybody? Well, he was known for like dunking on people. Okay. Like he was the first one to really bring it. Well, some people say Elgin Baylor, but you know, in my lifespan, uh, Julius was, was did all kinds of remarkable things with the ball. Mm -hmm. His hands were so big that you know he could get away with doing a lot of tricks. I see. So yeah. So he turned a lot of people into a poster. Yeah, I think a lot of people uh, mimicked his game. Uh, yeah. I think folks like Michael Jordan and LeBron James and Kobe Bryant, um, right. even though they might have not grown, grew up watching Julius. I know Jordan did. Uh, everybody wanted to be Dr. J on the court in the 70s. Uh, I, I think it's cool when we try to emulate the, the uh, stars that came before us and just sort of add your own flair to it and just build on it and make it better but there's always my father used to say there's nothing new under the sun and that that's actually uh, biblical there's nothing new under the sun so it's great that we have um people that have done it before and we just try to emulate it and make it better and let us move on okay before we get into what's going on um we will get into our plugs. And our first plug this week is Kachiba. Those of you who are on the internet, especially Instagram, this is the package right here. This is a, a mix um, that has everything in it. I think it has all of the um, stuff that you need on a daily basis has omega-3, uh, antioxidants, um, greens, probiotics, vitamins, high fiber. It's a calorie meal. Um, so this is Kachiva. This is the vanilla. I know it comes in chocolate. They might have a strawberry. I am not sure. You have to check that. But Kachiva is a, a product 
that we endorse here. Can at I ask you a question about it? Yes. Okay, so you you eat this, or do you? Is it a smoothie, or it's a it's a a, a powdered mix, and, and you make it into a smoothie. You you can or you can just shake it up with water. You don't have to. When you say smoothie, I'm thinking ice and fruit, and you don't necessarily have to do that. So uh, you drink it. Yes, you drink. Okay, and is it a meal replacement, or is it just like? It's it's equivalent to like taking a multivitamin. Uh, it's it's equivalent to a meal replacement. Yes, that's because okay. some people take do it in the morning and do it at night and only eat lunch. Um, that's what they do. So, how many calories is one serving? I think two forty. Yeah. That 240 calories. Yeah, I, I, that's, that's a single. Yeah. Okay. All right. Interesting. 240 calories. Yeah. To me, that's not enough calories for one meal, but okay. I guess if maybe if you're trying to lose weight, <laughs> if you're trying to lose weight, but yeah. yeah, I think, yeah, I would still be hungry after that one. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, uh, yeah, that's true. Um, but it tastes very good. I, I can say that. Um, and if you, yeah, and if you miss a meal, at least you're getting the nutrition. You know what I mean? You're getting the nutrition from it, even if you're going to still be hungry. So as long as I don't pass out, I think I can, <laughs> I can get with it for the nutrition. And let us move on. Okay, so we get into what's going on this week. And this week, um, a lot of controversy, I guess, um, we need to talk about. And our first topic we're going to get into uh, involves Chris Brown. Uh, Chris Brown uh, is upset. He was upset about what he perceives to be a Grammy snub. Uh, he went on Instagram, uh, Robert Glasper, uh, a, a jazz pianist and R&B musician, um, won for best R&B album this year. And I think Chris took to his Instagram and said, who the fuck is this? And uh, I... Glasper kind of went with it. He made a T-shirt and sold <laughs> the T-shirt out of this. It's like Grammy Award winner. Like, who the F is this? And he's very accomplished. I listen to uh, to Glasper all the time. Um, and he has done collaborations with people that are in R&B and in hip-hop. So um, if you put his name on iTunes, so many songs come up. He was the pianist on... Uh, one of the musicians on Lauren Hill's um, Miseducation of Lauren Hill, and a classic had, album. Oh, I yeah, love that. He he has a lot to say mm -hmm. about that whole situation that might surprise some folks. Um, but uh, Chris Brown did apologize for that, and then Chris Brown kind of attacked people who uh, Chloe Bailey is doing a song with Chris Brown and I think she got backlash and it all stems from 
his altercation with Rihanna when he was 19 years old. And he took to Instagram and he has some choice words uh, for his fans. What say you? Well, this is unfortunate because I think Chris Brown is super talented. I mean, ever since he came on the scene with uh, the Excuse Me Miss video, I mean, he is just an amazing dancer, a great singer, and a and performer. And to me, he was the heir apparent to Michael Jackson. And so for me, this is just so disappointing to see how he's responding to this. Um, I think the backlash that he's getting I, is more about people that love Rihanna as opposed to hating Chris Brown. I mean, I think Rihanna fans just love her so much that they can't let this mistake that he made years ago when he was 18 years old, um, they can't let it go. And I can forgive him because it appears that he has, at least, it appears that number one, he was remorseful. I, I believe that he really loved Rihanna. I think he really, really loved her. And this is why he's so defensive now. He just regrets what he did so much. He, you know, ruined their relationship. And I think that continues to, to haunt him. And so, I, again, I can forgive him because I feel that he has changed his behavior. Unlike people like R. Kelly, who did these heinous things and abused um, young girls and kept doing it. Even when he was called out, it's like he kept this he kept this behavior going as opposed to Chris Brown understanding that what he did was wrong, apologizing. And from what we can see, he has not repeated that behavior. So at some point, I think you have to forgive someone and allow them to evolve and grow as a person. And so that's why I'm so disappointed at his reaction, because I don't think it's helping him. I don't know who is around him advising him, but they should tell him, listen, just ignore, you know, ignore the backlash and just try to win the audience over with your art and your music. I think if he puts out, continues to put out like dope music and continues to hone his craft, he will win the fans back because there's nothing like good music. You know what I mean? That's going to, if he can bring us back in with the good music and just let the music do the talking, don't, you know, don't respond to these negative comments. Just keep your head down and like us do what's right. And you'll, and that's, that's what the, the uh, quote was about today. Just do what's right and get the respect. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? So that's where I where I am with it. Um, as far as uh, him not winning the Grammy over Robert Glasper, I think that he's being a sore loser, and you should not respond that way. That's that's not what you do. Again, just keep making the music. You didn't get it this time. Let it go and look towards next time, towards next year. And just keep working hard and put out good music. And then you don't have to worry about it. That's how I see it. What do you think? Well, 
if you juxtapose anybody with R. Kelly, nine times out of ten, you're gonna come out a saint. <laughs> so that's that not right. a great, great comparison <laughs> to throw him on on the road there. I was I, just trying I, to make that point, though. I, I, I yeah. I'm a Christian, so I, I, I believe in forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I do believe that people can atone for their mistakes. Mm-hmm. I also think sometimes age play. <laughs> Excuse me. Sorry. Sometimes age plays a role in how people act um, at the time of the incident. And I'm not excusing uh, Chris Brown for this. At the time of the incident, he was 19 years old. Um, But. And he's now 33. Right. But Mm -hmm. but at 33. Your choice of words and your response to fans, I don't I don't know him personally, but it if I were to listen to that and not listen to his music, I would think like, has he really grown? Good point. You know, so it's like, is there growth in those 14 years? I would hope so. Cause I and I don't want to say his talent should be an excuse for his behavior or his talent should be a reason why we're forgiving to him. Outside of his talent, he's a human being that's doing things to other human beings. You're in the spotlight. If you can take the praise, you know, you're going to have to take the criticism. In the words of New Edition, can you stay in the rain, right? And when it starts to fall down, you know, then your your true character can come out. Well, let me say, I don't want to say your true character. Your character can be tested. Um, they had backlash against Chloe Bailey. And I don't know if he felt he was coming to their defense, but S my D and comments like that, that doesn't show no, growth. That's not, yeah, that is certainly not an indication of someone that is of a good character. So that's why I say who who is around him um advising him on how to respond to to these issues if if any response is warranted. I, I would I would suggest that no no response is warranted. You don't have to continue to defend yourself. Right. Um just do what's right. Keep your hands off of other people. And make good music. That's what I would advise him to do. And so far, as I said before, he has, it seems as he has kept kept his hands off of other people. But I, I, when you hear him say things like this and get involved in these controversies, you get the impression that he's not focusing on the music. Do you understand what I'm saying? But, but, but the other issue is he still has 132 million Instagram followers. So somebody, you know, he had he does have a lot of fans. So that's why I don't I, I, mean, I don't R. Understand Kelly why. had a lot of fans too. As a matter of fact, there were people um supporting R. Kelly. Even if you if you watched watch that documentary, there were people supporting him in his actions. No, well, not his actions, but they were supporting him. I I totally gaffed on that. Not his actions, but they were supporting him after his his actions. 
Um, so it, I, I agree. You have 132 million followers. You don't need to say much to between yourself. If you're speaking out, I'm wondering if you're still bothered by it, you know? Well, yeah, I, I think so. And that's why I said, um, it's, I think he really regrets the demise of the relationship with her. I think he was truly in love with her. And so that's why he's being so defensive. So I, I agree with you on that. Mm. Let us move on. And let us move on. Okay. Um, in other news, we are going to jump to Brother Kyrie Irving. Uh, New York Magazine did an extensive piece on um, Listen to the first Kyrie, and I thought it was a a good piece. Whether it was fair or not, that's something that we can discuss. Who wrote the piece? I don't have the author's name in front of me. Um, oh, his name? Uh, I, I do. I can pull it. It was hard to print. I, I remember seeing it and it was But it, it was it was written in uh New York um magazine and it was a long piece. Um his name is Van Zoylin Wood. It's okay. the last name is it's it's spelled Z-U-Y-L-E-N dash W-O-O-D. Zylin Wood is his last name, and his first name is Van. Yeah, so. So in the article, they um, kind of talk about like why Kyrie thinks the way he thinks. Um, um, they kind of gave a background of him as a basketball player from when he first picked up a basketball to uh, this present moment with him playing with the Dallas Mavericks. Um, they talked about the loss of his mother when he was a young kid and his great relationship with his dad um, that he had. And, um, you know, the schools he went to, um, the people he played with when he came out and went to Cleveland, how in all three places... Um, he's kind of caused the ruckus, they would say. Um, he went from Cleveland to Boston to Brooklyn. And at all those stops, uh, I don't want to use the word peril, but let's say uh, disturbance is a good word. Um, and he is uh, the common denominator. I kind of think it was an attack piece. Um, one of the uh, the people, um, the podcast that I listened to is Dominic Foxworth, and he, he said that he thought um, Kyrie was humanized. I would, I would tend to agree with that, but I also think he was hit hard. Um, because there are different comments in there about some scholars that he read. And the thing about it is a lot of people in this world have their thoughts. Um, we're trying to, you know, get a grip 
on society and of the world and the way it operates. Sometimes the schools we attend, uh, the people we learn under, the people we grow up under um, can guide us in different ways. Um, and then when we become a little older, when we're, you know, getting out of the adolescent stage, you know, we can be impacted um, by different ideologies and philosophies. And I just think it's unfair because he lives his life, his life under a spotlight. Um, he doesn't have to bring out these points of views. Everybody doesn't have to know how you think and who you read. So when you share that, you're opening yourself up to public scrutiny. And he doesn't always like the scrutiny he receives. Right. I agree. All you have to do, you don't have to speak about every issue that you're asked about. You don't have to verbalize every thought that you have. Because as you said, if you don't like the scrutiny, then keep your thoughts to yourself. It's not necessary. Um, I, I think Kyrie Irving is obviously uh, a super talented basketball player. Um, but I don't look to him as a thought leader. And so I don't understand this fascination with his thoughts and his ideas and his ideology. That's his business. We're all entitled to believe what we want to believe. And so I feel as if he is allowing the media to use him for fodder. Just keep, keep the, especially the controversial opinions about the world being flat and Cold. things of that nature. It's just like, why are, why are you subjecting yourself to this, to this scrutiny? Um, so yeah, I, but, but other than that, I prefer if I wanted to know what Kyrie Irving thinks, I think I would get that from him as opposed to well, you, from a third party. You, you, you are getting it from him. <laughs> he is saying things on these podiums. He is open. This is like you, you just said, he's opening himself yeah. up to this. Okay. Um, well, but what do what in your in your opinion, what was this author, the author of this article, what was his bottom line? Did he draw any conclusions you think about why I, Kyrie is the way he is? That's what the article really was about. So that, he talks about, you know, some things he believes. So when Kyrie Irving was talking about he can't be anti-Semitic, because I know where I come from a lot of people thought like he was dealing with uh the black Hebrew Israelites, right? Mm -hmm. And then in the article they were saying like no, where he went to school, like you know, his friends and I don't well, you know how white people say I have two or three black friends, like he actually grew up with a Jewish community and played at a Jewish center you know, where he trained and became the basketball player he is. Mm -hmm. and, 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 you know, one of his good friends played, went to Columbia University, played ball, and then played across seas, who is a 
a Jewish individual. And he had several of those friends. So I don't know if that's what Kyrie meant, but the author seems to imply that that's what he meant when he said, um, I know I can't be anti-Semitic because I know where I come from. <clears throat> so in other words, black people are the original Jewish people. Jews. I mean, did, did, so how can I hate myself is basically what he no, said. That's, no, that's what people were trying to draw. Uh -huh. The same thing Kanye had said, mm -hmm. which a lot of people follow that. You grow up in New York, it, the black Israelites are on the corner in Harlem and they're speaking and they will call out white people passing them by. And they would challenge them. They would challenge pastors. They would challenge other people on the corner. Mm -hmm. you know? um, and so, uh, but, you know, the author was trying to imply that that's what Kyrie didn't mean that it meant like where he actually came from in Jersey, where he played basketball and trained at a Jewish center with a lot of Jewish kids. So, um, but he still opened, well, he didn't make any statements. He just posted the title of that book and movie. I, I think my, I don't want to call it an issue. I, I guess a problem and issue is the same. So my issue with Kyrie is you talk about the media attacking you about the platform like that you have and how they attack you on the stage and you say the world is so much deeper, but you always utilize that platform you have. I can see if you were a quiet NBA player that didn't say much. You played basketball, you gave one or two word answers at the podium, and you didn't put your business in the street. You use your platform and your popularity, you know, um, to espouse different things. Um, if you open yourself up, fair or unfair, you're going to get critiqued. You know? Um, that is correct. I, I think... I just think that's all that's all to it. Okay. Well, I I I I would be curious to know what Kyrie thinks about this article. If he would agree with this author that the this is why he thinks, you know, was the author correct when he said this is why Kyrie thinks this way? Um I could because I that's what I'm saying. Bottom line, I would prefer to hear from Kyrie why he thinks the way he thinks. Um, other than that, again, I would not necessarily look to him as a uh, a thought leader or someone that I would <laughs> uh, look to to form opinions about uh, about any particular topic. Um, so. Another way to say it is his his mouth is not a prayer book, you know. <laughs> yes, do. And let us move on. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so as we move away from Kyrie, we're going to jump into Brother Al Sharpton and his fight with Ron DeSantis. Listen to the first word. Uh, what are your thoughts? So, 
I, I, I have much respect for Reverend Al Sharpton um, because, you know, he organized and led a march in, in Florida to protest uh, Ron DeSantis and his ridiculous uh, censoring of AP African-American studies. Um, and rather than just complain, he took action. And so I have great respect for him. I'm happy to hear that he led this march and he challenged Ron DeSantis and let everybody, let everyone know that we're, we're not going to just sit idly by and let him run roughshod over education in Florida and education throughout America, because we all know that Ron DeSantis is just gearing up to run for president. And we don't need anyone like Ron DeSantis in the White House if this is what he thinks about African-American history. Um, this is not necessarily my ministry, uh, you know, I, but I think it's critical that we have people who are willing to stand up and, and march uh, and speak out against the, this kind of uh, attack against African-American history. I mean, th this is what we need in our community. We need all hands on deck. We need some of us to speak out against it. We need some of us to get into powerful positions to uh, draft legislation that will preserve uh, the right to teach African-American history in schools. And so that we all have our part to play in this. So again, I respect Al Sharpton, and I think he is absolutely correct in his position against Ron DeSantis. And I hope more people speak out against it. And you're always tempted to say, oh, this is ridiculous. Let's just ignore people who have these ridiculous ideas. But we, I, I'm learning as I get, you know, the older I get that we can't remain silent. We have to speak up. As ridiculous as some of this stuff is, we have to speak up. As Martin Luther King said, only love can drive out hate and only the truth can drive out these lies. What do you think? So let me read some of what um, Al Sharpton, Reverend Al Sharpton said. It is incomprehensible to see that this, what this band or this block, to be more specific, that DeSantis has put forward. Jean-Pierre said in a press conference, if you think about the study of Black Americans, that is what he wants to block. And again, these types of actions aren't new, especially from what we're seeing from Florida, sadly. Uh, and let's not forget, they didn't ban, they didn't block AP European history, Jean-Pierre added. They didn't block music history. They didn't block our art history, but the state chooses to block a course that is meant for higher achieving high school students to learn about their history of arts and culture. So to me, I, for the life of me, and we've talked about this on the podcast, for the life of me, I don't see how people say, this is not like a racial play. This is exactly what it is. 
I was told in college, Morgan State University, class of 91. Shout out. Uh, I was told in college when I went to college and I heard lectures from, you know, rest in peace, uh, Stokely Carmichael, a.k.a. Uh, Kwame Ture. Um, he talked about this. He said, soon they're going to erase us from the history books. He said, they're going to ban books and get rid of them. You're not going to know anything about African history. Or you're not going to know anything about African-American history. And this is what they're going to do. And this is coming to fruition. Like, are you knocking any other cultures out? Well, he is. He, he is knocking out. He, you know, that's the, you know, don't say gay state. Um, LBGTQ uh, community, plus community. They're knocking out textbooks about them. Um, so they're centering whiteness, um, as I said last week. And I think Sharpton is doing what you just said. He's bringing attention to it. Mm -hmm. And uh, congratulations to him. I think more attention needs to be brought to this. And I think that if you are running in Florida and you don't speak out about this, if I'm in Florida, you wouldn't get my vote. You would right. not. I'm seriously, that's just straight up. You would not get my vote yeah. if you didn't speak out against this. Everybody needs to speak you, out. You don't it. have to take the course. The course is not mandatory. It's not. It's an elective. It's right. advanced placement. Not everybody even is going to be qualified to take it. You know what I mean? This is it's just showing like a fear, a fear of the truth. Exactly. Yeah. And I know exactly. I, I, I teach. Right. And so I, I teach black students and white students. And I understand when um, I'm teaching, you know, white students at the PWI I teach at, that they're hearing some, some of the things that, is coming, that comes out of my mouth during the course of the semester. It's the first time they're hearing things like this. I always ask the question, how many of y'all have had an African-American professor or teacher in your life, or this is if this is the first time you're having a black teacher or professor in your life, and plenty of hands go up. Mm. And so, you know, I understand, like, and I'm not saying every black teacher is going to teach what I'm teaching. I teach a course called Gender, Race, and Media. So there's a lot of talk uh, about how the media represents uh, genders and how in sex and class and in race. And so they are oh, a little shocked by that. Yeah. I mean, I think this also is a political ploy Um that has been done before where these candidates will pick an issue, a polarizing issue like CRT and which is going to motivate their base to come out and vote for him. So really that's, that's all it is. Other than that, I believe that it, 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 it this is the process of building a case against reparations in my opinion, because it may be generations before we get, reparations but this is the, the 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 i think these these are the building blocks being put in place to make a case against reparations if they can erase our history and erase uh the fact that 
we there the United States became an economic powerhouse based on the free labor of black people. If they can somehow erase that from the history books, then you don't have a case for reparations. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, by the um, yeah, so, I yeah. do. By the way, they're opening up something in in Massachusetts talking about uh reparations. Let us move on. Mm -hmm. And let us move on. Black. Black, black, black. <laughs> black on black, black. Yeah. Hey. Okay, black, 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 black on black, black, my thoughts so black, black, black on black, my skin is so black, I'm rocking that black on black is black. Black. Okay, so we're getting black, into black, a plug, black. but also this is a special black black, plug. Black. Yeah. Um, hey. So we decided okay, to go black, with black, the black, Buy Black, black, black plug so black, black, for the black brand. Black my skin is so black, I'm rocking that black on black is black. black so we yes. have home by Ariel and KP, won't you take this one away? Okay, so today we want to highlight Ariel Goodwin, a jewelry designer. So Ariel Goodwin's business began when she was 16 years old and she would sell jewelry out of a shoebox to her friends at her high school. She said she thought it was classy. She called it Mrs. G for her last name, Goodwin. Her passion for jewelry design continued while she studied acting at Howard University, where she realized she was onto something. So she says, Howard is such a fashion conscious campus. So every time her friends went out in her pieces that she designed, they were asked where they got their jewelry. And there started to be a demand for her jewelry. So today, Goodwin, who is from and based in Philadelphia, has forayed her side hustle into a full-on career. She's now the founder of both Beats by Ari, her jewelry line, and Whim by Ari, which is her clothing line. So her jewelry line focuses on statement earrings and we've featured some uh, on the screen for those of you watching. Um, and it, her earrings have also become a hit among celebrities such as Beyonce, Tracy Ellis Ross and India Irie. But the popularity of her earrings aren't based solely on their aesthetic. Each piece Goodwin designs makes, each piece she designs also comes with a rich backstory or purpose, proving that fashion can also be used as a powerful tool for storytelling. And I'm wearing a pair myself today. And these are like silver little mermaids. And her jewelry is very whimsical and very eclectic and very eye-catching. So you're not going to see these everywhere. These are these are very, um, very unique designs that she has. Um, and you can buy her jewelry um, on her website. It's called Home by Ariel. 
um, dot com. Show, show, show your earrings again. To the okay, viewers. these are these are the ones that I'm wearing now, and I also have two other pair that I bought from Macy's. Um, you can go directly to her website and buy her designs, or some of her. She has a partnership with Macy's, and I bought these from Macy's. So here's uh, a pair. They're basically um, champagne glasses with the illusion of champagne coming out of them. And she then uses beads and, to, to, to show that. Huh? She uses beads, right? To show yes. that. Yeah. Beads. Yeah. Very creative. And then here's another pair that has um, little birds on them on the ends. Yeah, so yes, very, very unique designs and she's uh, doing quite well with her partnership um, at Macy's. So yes, we love Miss Ariel's designs. And let us move on. <laughs> We have a question. It's a question. Address the question. This is a question. So what's the question? Answer the question. Okay, so we got a question. This is our new uh, segment called The Question. And uh, we do have a question this week. So uh, KPJ, you want to uh, read the question for us? So the question this week is, what five-letter word typed in all capital letters can be read the same upside down? Hmm. It's like a riddle. What five-letter word typed in all capital letters can be read the same upside down? Now, uh, folks that answered this question correctly... Uh, we had a discussion, should it be the first three or the first one? But uh, it's the first one. The first one that, that replies to potliquorshow at gmail.com. That's P-O-T-L-I-Q-U-O-R-S-H-O-W at gmail.com. will win a prize that we will send out to you. Uh, we are encouraging our listeners to uh, take part in this so what five letter word typed in all capital letters can be read the same upside down so let me clarify that it's the first person to respond with the correct answer you know you have to be correct answer, you <laughs> any answer. Yeah. <laughs> exactly yeah this, this is uh this is this is interesting i'm looking forward to see who will be the first to respond with a uh, quick question. Yeah. We shall see. And let us move on. And let us move on. Blackness. Keep the keep on.
So today, in honor of Black History Month, we want to share with you another little-known Black history fact. So today, we want to talk about Dr. James McCune Smith. James McCune Smith was born in 1813 in New York City. By the age of nine, Smith was enrolled at the New York African Free School Number no. 2 in Lower Manhattan. The school was founded in 1787 by the New York Manumission Society with the purpose of educating the children of free and enslaved African Americans. Smith's academic cohort included such um, well-known African-Americans such as Shakespearean actor Ira Aldridge and the abolitionist Henry Highland Garnett. After the New York Emancipation Act of 1827 legally granted Smith his freedom, he graduated with honors from the New York African Free School at age 15 and denied admission to American universities, Smith attended Glasgow University in Scotland with the financial support of benefactors. And it was at Glasgow University that Smith was trained in the field of quantitative public health, which is a combination of statistics, medicine, and social sciences. Within five years, Smith graduated with a bachelor's, master's, and medical degree, becoming the first African-American to hold a medical degree. He was also, interestingly enough, the first African-American author published in a peer-reviewed medical journal. And continuing to outperform himself, I would say, I mean, just a total overachiever, he opened the first Black-owned pharmacy in the United States, which served both black and white clientele. So Dr. James McCune Smith, the first African-American to hold a medical degree, little known black history fact in honor of Black History Month, what an amazing accomplishment in the 1800s. I mean, amazing. What do you think? No, I've, you know, back then, you know, given the history of America, if they were teaching in Florida, <laughs> we understand that blacks were really not allowed to attend school. Uh, they did everything they could to make sure that we didn't receive an education. Um, I know this was afterwards. This is um, after slavery. Um, but this was a hell of an accomplishment. And so we give it up to Jock, Dr. James McCune. And let us move on. Don't stop now. So we are moving into our last plug of the day, which is always our podcast. So this, this uh, week, we are showcasing Flip the Script, Queen's Flip and DJG Money. It is a great podcast. I encourage you to check it out. Queen's Flip is very direct. Um, he 
he is not afraid to ask the questions that folks want us to hear. I think he's the best at that. Like he will ask a question that it could even be uncomfortable. Um, very polite, very comical, very funny guy, uh, but very serious at the same time. Uh, DJ G Money is a, a great compliment to him. I uh, encourage y'all to watch this one. It is called Flip the Script. And uh, you can find it almost anywhere. All right. Let us move on. Can I get a refill? 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 Okay, so this is our refill segment where we go over a television series, one of the episodes that we've been watching, and we have been watching uh, Richard. Richard. Uh, Dreaming. That is on streaming on Amazon Prime. Indeed, indeed. And so we are now on episode five of Riches. And this episode is entitled What Needs to Be Done. So in this episode, Nina promises her silence about Wanda's DNA results in exchange for Claudia's promise to stop the sale of flair and glory. In this episode, also we see Wanda confronting her boyfriend, Luke, about selling out the family to the media, basically, selling information about the family to the media. And then we, and then also Nina follows the missing money to Andre, who ends up getting arrested for fraud. So, I want to talk about in this episode, what made me laugh, what made me cry, what confused me and what was a word. So actually two things made me laugh in this episode. Um, you remember when Andre went to buy a watch in the jewelry store and he had his friend with him and his friend said, you know, this, the salesperson is acting like we can't afford to buy this watch. And he said, he's right, because we ain't got this kind of dough. So I thought that was funny. And then also when Wanda was, um, she was having trouble with Luke because Luke is selling the family out. And she was out at the club at the and in the bathroom and she heard the women talking about her. Yeah. And they didn't see that she was in there. But when the women came out of the stall and saw Wanda there, Wanda was, Wanda was she basically, you know, called him out and then she was about to, like swing on them and then they ran out of the room. I thought that was funny. Okay, so that was my funny part. Um, oh, it was okay. <laughs> that that was uh, my funny part. But I I can't agree with you. The first one I laughed at that too. Um, yeah. <laughs> and he he you know said like yeah we really don't have the money for the watch. Um, but she said yeah if you want my sloppy seconds you can have it. You know. Mm -hmm. She made a uh, a a gesture. Like like she was gonna slap him and they ran off and she called him silly bees. So I thought that was uh that was pretty funny. All right. So what made you did anything make you cry or was it a little touching or sad? I think the the sad part was kind of finding out that 
Wanda is not the father, uh, not the daughter of her late father. Um, yeah, that was pretty hard, sad. Hard to, uh, to make me cry. And I'm not trying to say it like I'm some machismo guy, but um, the show has to be like really, really touching for me to do that. And um, but I think that was the sad part. Um, and it was also sad what Luke did to Wanda. Well, what warmed my heart was when Nina went to Zurich and she found out that her father um, gave access to only her to the vault. When she found out she was the only one that had access to the vault, I was like, oh, out of all his kids, he really must have trusted her, you know? So that was touching. Okay. Did anything uh, confuse you? Yeah, so I guess you kind of explained it. Um, I, I didn't understand the place to arrest Andre. Um, I wasn't, I didn't fully comprehend. I know they were doing it to make Gideon do something, but I just truly wasn't understanding what were they trying to do, like put the blame on him. Um, I don't know. I think she was trying to smoke Gideon out. That's what I think. I think she was trying to smoke out who, how far Gideon would be willing to go to sort of cover up what, what was happening, you know, where, what happened to the money. But I mean, I don't know. Um, what did you, was there a word for you? Um, <laughs> There was a word when Nina said something to Andre in the car about, you know, you should show me some gratitude. I thought that was the the word that I could find in that whole. Well, thing. let me let, let me refresh your recollection. Remember when Claudia was in church, and it's kind of cliche, but she was in church, and the pastor said. Um, you can't have a testimony without a test. And then he said, you can't have a triumph without you can't a tragedy. Right, right, right. So, okay. I mean, that's kind of cliche, but you know. I mean, it, it's, 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 it's a word. I was confused about why Gus was surprised when he tried to pitch the idea to expand, you know, Flair and Glory's hairline to expand to skincare. And he tried to pitch it to the company that was uh, to ultimate the company that was taken over mm -hmm. and they said no. And he was like, we was, you know, selling the company. He thought the deal that they were making with this company was supposed to give them power, but he messed around and found out <laughs> that he had, they actually have very little power if they do this deal, which I don't think is going to happen because Nina, you know, used those DNA results about Wanda as leverage to get Claudia to reverse the deal. So it I think the deal is off now. Yeah, it yeah. was. She came. The lady from Ultimate came in and spoke to Nina about that. Yeah. So, again, very good show. It's hot, hot, hot. Check it out. Amazon Prime. And let us move on.
Oh, hell no. One of our favorite segments, we say it twice. Oh, hell no. And our all oh, hell no goes to uh, Tampa Gym Attack. Uh, this guy name is Thomas Jones. Uh, for our viewers, you can see his photo, uh, the victim's photo, and then two pictures of the altercation that took place. Um, you can Google it, watch the video. Um, this is a sad situation. Um, I hate to see this. Um, yeah. I hate with any when anybody gets attacked. Like, people are going about their day dealing with their struggles, and you're coming over to um, inflict violence? I just... Yeah. Never understand that unless you're deranged, you know. This is just reprehensible that somebody would be this creepy, you know, um, and it was all caught on video. Um, I'm sure this young lady was, um, you know, people are asking, like, why would you if somebody is lives in your apartment building and they don't have a key, a key fob to get into the gym? Why would you let him in? You know, but she said that she had seen the guy earlier um working out at the gym so she didn't think anything of it i mean you don't think you're going to be attacked by some by your neighbor basically that you that you've seen several times before yeah those comments didn't make sense to me because even if he had a key he still can open the door and come in and attack you know just, he would just have to go back true. to his his if he didn't have the key on him he would have to go to his car or to his his place and get the key and come back and he still can attack. So a member can attack. I can see if you say, why would you open the door if you didn't recognize the individual? Right. Um, she recognized him, saw him working out there before. So she was doing what, you know, what other, what right. good citizens do. Just, you know. But then people day, also, go, back, go, go, go back and get your key. <laughs> <laughs> but also people pointed out the fact that he had on slides. Like he was not coming there to work out. There are plenty of people who work out in slides. You see people working out in slides? Yeah, they don't get traction. You don't do, if you're lifting weights, you don't need That's much. True. Like if, you, if you're on a bench laying down and you're doing bench, there's some things you can't do in slides. Well, people will, I see people take off their sneakers and use their feet, you know, um, to do certain things. So, like you can't be on a treadmill and slide. No, you can't be on the treadmill and slides. Um, yeah. You can be on the bench. You can do curls. You can do any, like almost any resistance with it. So, yeah. Yeah. And, but I, I mean, the other thing is, you know, people, a lot of times you don't want to be uh, perceived as being racist or anything. Like you see a black person at the door, so you're not going to open the door. But I think at some point you kind of have to factor in, you know, you're the only person in the gym. It's 1030 at night. You kind of have to use a little bit of common sense. I think for me, I may have decided, OK, I'm leaving. If I'm there by myself and somebody else is coming and it's a, you know, it all depends. I on might just leave. It, it all depends on the circumstances. Have I worked out late before with another individual in the gym and it's just me? And, you know, if I'm a woman, it was a guy or even a guy like to me, like if you don't understand, like 
today, you know, you got <laughs> you, you to think like if yes, I'm in the gym and a woman comes in the gym to work out and it's at night and nobody else is there, I might leave. Right, because you, you know don't want no smoke. Like, right. no smoke. Yeah, I don't, and I know that that well that pushes you out of your situation. I say, hey, better safe than sorry. Right, I'll go upstairs and do some calisthenics or something. Right. But um, yeah, so I understand that. But it, circumstances is if she saw him working out there in the evening before, and she was in the gym, and you know, she could have been in the gym with him before, like you know, and he didn't do anything. Uh, we don't know what. He he pleaded not guilty. What 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 was going on with his mind? Why did he approach her? You know. Yeah, that was just crazy. But I'm just glad that she had the wherewithal and the strength. She basically and wore him down. <laughs> she wore him down. She 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 definitely wore him down. But you know, I was thinking. She said she knew she was stronger than him. She was because yeah. by the end he was he was out of breath. Yeah. He was he wasn't like, ready for that smoke. Oh, he was not. She was not giving up. And I just said, thank God he didn't have a weapon. Can you yeah. can you imagine like if he had a gun and like put but a there were weapons in, in the gym? Thank God he didn't pick one up because you can pick up a weight. Because that if I was her, the first thing I would have did was pick up a weight. Right. You know. That's what everybody was saying. Like, where was the weights now? Any other time, weights are all over the floor. People leave weights everywhere. And of course, when you're being attacked, there's no weights anywhere around. So people do a good job judging when they ain't in the situation. I know exactly. You know, like you, you, your mind is so clairvoyant. Like you know, <laughs> I would have did this. You know, <laughs> you know, it's like Eddie Murphy said. You know, with just the whole slave joint. That was probably one of the funniest lines. You know, like, you know. You know Man, if I was an MF and slave, I wouldn't have been bailing no kind. And he's like, Eddie Murphy was like, yeah, you know. I'm sure the first guy that got off the boat said the same thing. Then they cracked him with them whips. <laughs> the next person was like, I fell the cotton. Uh, just keep them whips away from me. So you don't know yeah. what's going on in right. your situ your situation. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I'm thank I thank God that uh, she's all right. And no hurt, harm, and danger came upon her. Um, and this even guy though got locked up. Herself, it's sad that she had to defend herself like that against another human. Right. So, uh, yeah. And he was arrested and charged with assault, sexual assault. Yeah. It's clear. He, I think he, he was trying to rape her. That's what it looked like. Okay. Um. Why? Why did you hesitate like that? I. I, I <laughs> You don't think he was trying to rape her? I don't know if that was his intention or just to hurt her. Um, I saw him slam her to the ground, but then she quickly got him into like a figure lock and a headlock where he he you know, and she she did it to the point where she had a hand free and she was able to shot the call of police, you know. Um, so I, I don't know what his intentions were, um by what I saw on the video. Um but you know, you don't think it was a sexual assault. From what I saw in the video, I thought it was an assault. But if they charged him with a sexual sexual assault, okay. Yeah, I mean the way he was trying to lay her down on the ground, and then he got on top of her. I think he was, yeah. And he, you know, he touched her. He grabbed her, and and she did not want to be touched. So that's definitely, yeah, yeah. 
sexual assault. And let it move on. Give it up, give it up, give it up, yo. Okay, so as always, you know, we move on from all hell no to folks we want to give it up to. And this week, we are giving it up to the 60-year-old birthday boy, Michael Jeffrey Jordan, um, who donated $10 million, uh, I think, to the Make-A-Wish Foundation. Um and so we want to give it up to uh, Jordan for doing that. Your thoughts? Yeah, this is great. I mean, this is a, a, a beautiful gesture by Michael Jordan. And I believe um, he made this donation in honor of his 60th birthday. So Michael Jordan, along with um, a couple of other well-known uh, celebrities, um, including Vanessa Williams and Seal, and I believe Denzel Washington. I didn't see his name. No, 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 no. He might be older than 60. But anyway, they, they you know, turning 60. And so in honor of his 60th birthday, Michael Jordan um, made this uh, generous, very generous $10 million gift to Make-A-Wish Foundation. And I believe uh, Michael, they say Michael Jordan is the most requested celebrity in term from um, people who make these wishes. They they want to meet Michael Jordan. Um, he's the you know most requested celebrity. So uh, I'm sure he has a great relationship with this organization, and uh, he felt like um, this would be a great gesture for his 60th birthday. So shout out to him, and kudos. This is this is great. All righty then, and that concludes our show. And as always, we give you a recap at the end of the show. And today, we'll start with our plugs. We had Kajiba, Kajiba, um, the meal replacement uh, mix, meal mix that you can uh, have. We also had uh, Ariel Jewelry, and our podcast was. Uh, Flip the script, starring Queens Flip and G Money. Uh, the words of wisdom this week was by Julius Dr. J Irving. I firmly believe that the respect is a lot more important and a lot greater than the popularity. Uh, on what's going on, we talked about Chris Brown. We talked about Kyrie Irving and Al Sharpton and Ron DeSantis. Um, our weekly question, what five-letter word typed in all capital letters can be read the same upside down? The first uh, listener or viewer of our podcast that emails the correct answer to potlickershow at gmail.com will get a prize. A little-known black history fact, we talked about Dr. James uh, McCune-Smith. Um we also did our refill and we covered episode five of the riches. There's only one episode left. And I all hell no went to Thomas Jones for attacking a Florida woman in the gym. And um, we we gave it up to 
Michael Jordan for donating $10,000 to Make-A-Wish Foundation. That is our show this week. Um, and in parting, thank you everybody for taking the time out of your busy schedule to hang out with us for a little bit. And in parting, we wish you love, peace, and soul. All right. We will see you next week. Uh, y'all have a great one. Peace.